0: The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Miniman, to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house. Your guideline, your guide in these times of insanity, utter insanity. It's surreal watching both the Afghanistan and North Korea dynamic play out. What do I mean by that? On the one hand, our country is more tightly controlled than ever before our people more suppressed than even people in china we are now being forced to get clot shots we are being banned from treating a virus that they created but at the same time hundreds of thousands are being flown into the country from afghanistan endless people scoring you know scores of thousands of people teeming over our border from haiti Haiti and Afghanistan, who could have thought of that? We don't need permission to protect our health. We don't need permission to protect our security. Those are the two biggest issues of our time. And yet on both those issues, the Republican Party remains a controlled opposition. They want a talking point. Oh, Biden is doing a bad job. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Oh, they're requesting a meeting with him. While not only not doing the right things to fight this, but then actually doing the wrong things and downright siding with Biden fundamentally, really on both COVID fascism, on treatment of COVID, as well as immigration, as well as crime, too. I mean, these are the same Republicans who bought into criminal justice reform. So we're going to talk about this and more today. This is a pre-taped show uh, for Tuesday, September 21st. So if the world blew up and I didn't know about it, I don't take responsibility, but the truth is, this is already the end of the world as we know it. This is already the end of the country as we know it. I marvel at the left at how quickly they could turn on and off that faucet. You would think if they are so committed to a certain principle, a certain line of thought that they harness to use against us, by accident they would adhere and stick to that line of thought even if it wouldn't benefit them. So for example... Everything's a pandemic, so they could vitiate our civil rights, our human rights, do anything they want to our body, our face, our nose, our mouth, injections, you name it. But then, I mean, you got to believe if they're going to suppress Americans for a pandemic, they're not going to bring in people from the most disease-ridden countries and the hundreds of thousands, right? Nope, no problem. We will likely wind up with 1.7 million apprehensions at our border this year unconscionable. God knows how many, um, you know, a million or so others that allowed to come in clandestinely, which usually means that they're criminal aliens, and then voluntarily bringing in endless people from Afghanistan to the point that we now have a measles outbreak in Northern Virginia, and they're flooding the hospitals in Northern Virginia While we have Americans that need the hospital because our government banned outpatient treatment for this virus that they created. Welcome to America. Now today's sponsor, very special sponsor. Folks, if you're a red-blooded American, you love your red meat. Your pork, chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. Well, what if I told you there's an eighth-generation farmer in Missouri that makes American-born and bred organic meat that doesn't have any garbage in it, no additives and preservatives, tastes delicious, and you won't be supporting the food cartel, which, by the way, just like in the healthcare, we have in agriculture, more than uh, four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat production. Okay. So, if you want to support the values of this show and get the best tasting meat, I advise you guys get a hold of Moink Box as in oink, moink. M O I N K box.com slash conservative. Get a year off of your bacon. Um, get a year of bacon for free and then pick what meats you want delivered with your box along with it. Um, everyone we have given it to is like, oh my gosh, this is the best tasting meat, it's the most natural tasting. The doctors we've had on the show, and we're going to do more of this uh, metabolic health stuff in the future, but they will tell you our government has lied to us for years about red meat not being healthy. It's very healthy. Um, it's the carbs and the sugars that are the problems, although it's just that a lot of the processed meat, they put garbage in it. So here, it is the healthiest, best-tasting meat you'll ever get. Um, Adam and Lucinda, again, they're um, great family uh, business, great story behind their Missouri Farm. Um, This is really the way to support an American company. Get yourself the best tasting uh, meat you'll ever get. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash conservative. Right now, again, um, you get free bacon for a year along with the other meat that you pay for. Um, It's spelled M O I N K box.com slash conservative. I'm telling you folks, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. All right. So where do, we, where do we start from today? So we have a border crisis. Scrap that. I'm using the rhino terminology. It's not a border crisis. We have a border invasion in this country. Okay, if that's not an invasion, I don't know what it is. You literally have public charge, public health, and birthright citizenship wrapped up into one. Flooding our border, giving birth... Crazy stuff going on. The Republican governors request a meeting with the president. Wee, wee, we. meaning. Really, what's that going to do? If you really cared, the 25 or so Republican governors would get together and pool the billions of dollars they've gotten, by the way, from the stupid vaccine promotion COVID funding, and they would create, pull together the National Guards... And they would go and turn them back at the border. If half the states did that, what are the feds going to do? But they don't want to do it. You know why? Because they don't believe in it. They want a talking point. They don't want to solve the problem. You know why? Because they actually agree with Biden. This is from Breitbart. More GOP governors back Biden's plan to resettle 95,000 Afghans in their states. Last week, Biden administration announced first group of roughly 36,000 Afghans brought to the U.S. at rapid speed will be settled across 46 states. By the way, not in Hawaii, of course. Hawaii, South Dakota, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. are the ones that don't have any. And where are we here? I'm just looking at the list. Ten governors announced their support. Henry McMaster of South Carolina. Maryland's Larry Hogan. Massachusetts's Charlie Baker. Utah's Spencer Cox. Georgia's Brian Kemp. Arkansas' Asa Hutchinson, of course. Arizona' Doug Ducey. Iowa's Kim Reynolds. Oklahoma's Kevin Stitz. Vermont's Phil Scott. And that adds to eight existing names. Alabama's Kay Ivey, Idaho, Idaho's Brad Little. Indiana's Eric Holcomb, Montana's Greg Giaforti. I mean, that's disappointing. Nebraska's Pete Ricketts, New Hampshire's Chris Sununu, Ohio's Mike DeWine, Tennessee's Billy. So what do we have? Like 18 out of the 27 right there. Who don't we have? I guess we don't have Greg Abbott because um, he's a primary challenger. We don't have Ron DeSantis. Tate Reeves, I guess, of Mississippi is not signed on. I mean, there aren't many that that I don't see on there. So, this is where we are now. This is where we are. Every one of them. During a pandemic, when our rights are being violated, they're asking for endless Afghanis. Who are these people? They're not the Americans because we left them behind. Okay, these are, and and, and they say they should be vetted. How do you vet that? How do you vet a population that 99% believe in Sharia law. There's nothing to vet. So again, even when you... So when Republicans are in power, they're part of the problem. When Democrats are in power, they complain, but even when they're their strongest, which is when you have the most radical president of all time, most radical leftist movement of all time, even then they can't hold it together. And they're downright promoting it. Could you imagine as Americans are being stepped on and Biden is flooding the country, they're like, yeah, yeah, we want more. Meanwhile, I'm putting out all these things on how they could block it. They don't want to block it. They're asking for more. The Republican Party is a controlled opposition. What more do you need to understand that? What should happen is simple. They should get together and say, we're not accepting any refugees. And also, the nerve of them to do that when they admit that we have our own border crisis, meaning even if you're gung-ho on refugee resettlement, you would have to admit that we already have our own problem from the Western Hemisphere. We're on the hook for, what is it? We, we, we've had about 2 million people, again, probably 3 million, if you add the gotaways, 3 million people stream into this country this year. And you have the nerve to say we want to take more? They double-dip, they forget our own border. Because they don't use the word refugee, but that is, it's the same thing. And they want to meet with Biden. They're concerned about it, very concerned. But then they demand that we bring in more. This is the Republican Party. This is the same party that went along with COVID fascism for 18 months. This is the same party that has failed us on every issue that matters at the time that it matters and and, and, and with the means that, that it matters. In other words, they're all theoretical conservatives. They're theoretically pro-life. Great. That does a lot for me. And look, I'm as pro-life as anyone. But, you know, at some point, let me just say this. I don't want to ruffle feathers here. I believe it's murder to murder the unborn, but it's certainly murder to murder grown people as well. And You know what I'm saying? We got got to be balanced in our focus as well. And it ain't my people getting abortions. It's their people. Now, again, I do everything we can to try to stop it, but dude, you know, when it comes to COVID fascism, they're killing our people with the clot shots. They're killing our people by denying them um, life-saving treatment, and more and more people. Two weeks after that announcement that we finally thought would spawn action from Republican governors, no, nope, nothing. And I could tell you, people all over the country are now getting it, <laughs> even if they already had the virus, because they're forced to, because of their job. They have failed to protect us. What is the purpose of the Republican Party? That is my challenge for you today. See, if you didn't have the party, the people would organically rebel. What the party does is it perfectly creates this false controlled opposition that Jujitsus that natural budding opposition, into a black hole. So they get it out with the soap opera, complaining, yelping. All the while, the Democrats are laughing all the way to the bank. Watch carefully when you have these phony conservative talkers and Fox and all and Newsmax and whatever, what, is there ever any follow-up on an issue that the outrage monger over on, on a given day? My big thing is follow-up. I'll follow an issue to the gates of hell because it's about outcomes. It's about results. It's not about, oh, I need to get on the air every day and, and I need a little ephemeral talking point for the moment. Oh, look at what Biden's doing. Yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? We don't need to ask permission. We don't need to ask a court to save ourselves from COVID fascism. I have 12 ideas I put out. We don't need to ask a court to secure our border. But this is where most Republicans are. And anyway, we don't have much representation in the courts. Now, if you do want representation, one of the only pro bono shops around defending religious liberty, sanctity of life, freedom of speech, marriage, and parental rights, is our longtime sponsor Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF does all this at no cost to their clients. It's completely funded by your generosity. With family freedom and faith under attack more than ever, I need you guys to go to adflegal.org/cr. Get your copy of ADF's ebook titled Generational Wins. Where you could learn about the vitality of their work over the years and how they've, you know, really been one of the only ones to even accomplish anything in the courts. So again, they need your support. They don't have deep pockets like the ACLU does. Donate today by going to adflegal.org/cr. Adflegal.org/cr. So, if we had a sane party, okay, I'm going to give you twelve. Okay, sorry, I got it wrong. 11 things that they could do tomorrow. 11 things they could do tomorrow. And these are not pipe dream things like revamping Social Security or Medicare or something. This is something that's, these are pretty much one-off. One-stop-shop policy changes that could easily be made with governors and state legislatures tomorrow. They'd be popular. The messaging behind them is great. This is what we would do if we actually had an opposition party, which of course we don't. Number one is right to try, right to try legislation. We have all these gut wrenching stories where people being refused treatment in hospitals, where we have um, them being forced to take remdesivir, which is likely killing them. Simple right to try that the family has the right to sign off requiring the hospital to administer and try any FDA-approved drug prescribed by a licensed physician if the family is willing to pay for it and accept liability. Okay, so very simple. They pay for it, accept liability. They get a licensed doctor to come and say, I believe the patient should be getting this at this juncture, signs off on it, and they administer it. Okay? Okay. It is indefensible. There's another heartbreaking story, by the way. Trial site has it today. Um, A judge overruled a previous decision denying the patient's wife's request that he be treated with ivermectin while in the hospital. This is Jefferson County, Kentucky. The patient's wife, Angela Underwood, filed a lawsuit representing herself and her husband to compel a Norton Healthcare Hospital to treat her ill husband with ivermectin. She's an RN. She shared recently via social media that her husband is on a ventilator fighting for his life. And in what's a, a reoccurring theme, the first judge, Judith McDonald-Berkman, sided with the plaintiff, ordered the hospital to treat the husband with ivermectin. Um, the judge also granted an emergency injunction to administer Intravenous Vitamin C. That's something that um, our buddy, Dr. Eric Henson, has been using to much success in his free clinic that he set up to uh, treat people. by the way, we are working on getting up a GoFundMe page for him precisely so he could fund the oxygen and uh, vitamin C and, and ivermectin, things like this. So the judges were doing this, but that was before the attack on ivermectin. Now the politics and the courts, just so you know there's no law. So we were winning like we were like 10 out of 10 in all the ivermectin court cases. Then they came out with their you know political art- articles. Folks, just understand, judges are not influenced by the law. They're influenced by Rolling Stones, Slate, CNN, okay? So now, a new judge was assigned because McDonald Berkman had to retrial to double homicide case. She had to go to another case. So the new judge, Charles Charles Cunningham, last week refused to... um, the, the hospital confided that the doctor refused to come and see his patient. The court cannot require a hospital to literally take orders from someone who does not routinely issue such orders. And basically, this person is screwed. So more and more, we find when the system wants something, the system gets it. Okay, if the system says this is what's going to happen, the courts are going to fall in line. So right to try. You tell me what's so hard about pushing a uh, legislation like that. Next one: right to prescribe and practice medicine. Very simple. Any physician may not be penalized with his medical license being taken away in a response to sharing documented medical information or their own professional experience and observations with COVID, the vaccines. Those who speak up against public officials if done in the public interest may not suffer undue retaliation in the form of loss of border certification licensure, or loss of privileges. They must also not be penalized for prescribing any off-label but FDA-approved drug to treat COVID. Okay. Remember, in certain in th- there are certain ailments uh, and you know fields where the majority of prescriptions are off-label. Next is right to fill. All pharmacists must fill FDA-approved medications for off-label use. So long as there is um, a documented dosing regimen, failure to, to fill a prescription re- result in a hundred thousand dollar fine. The next is right to coverage. Okay, I am fine with taking off all regulations on insurance because you know what that would allow: patriots to get together and start their own insurance. But what did they do? They made insurance with Obamacare actually insolvent. Right, with the coverage mandates, guaranteed issue community rating. So it made it that nobody, and, and this is literally to the day, since Obamacare, not a single new insurer has broken in and never will. There's like five or six of them that now have a monopoly. Because government with the subsidies, handouts, Medicaid, that's funded through the same thing. So Anthem, Health. They fund most of the Medicaid as well. They work with all, They get all the Medicaid contracts. So they have an endless flow of money. So they are the system now. So it can't become actually insolvent because they are the system. They are one with government. They have an endless pipeline. Anyone else who wants to break in, you're screwed. But if we are going to break healthcare because of that and give them a monopoly that says you cannot deny coverage for anything, you have a guy who never had insurance, and then comes to you after he's already sick, and you have to cover that, then you better believe in a pandemic where we're mandating everyone cover COVID, which they are mandating that they cover remdesivir, that they cover things that don't work, that they cover the clot shots. You better believe we're going to mandate you cover doctor prescriptions like ivermectin and anything else. I don't want to hear this. Oh, Daniel, I thought we're against coverage mandates on insurance companies. Yeah. Yeah, I am. But if you're going to do this, no, you can't have it both ways. The next thing is right to independent, uh, practice. We had this, um, uh, with, uh, Dr. Molly James yesterday. States should encourage independent physicians, including all the talented physicians that are now being kicked out of the hospitals for not getting the clot shots to start COVID treatment clinics where they prioritize the patient and real science over big pharma. <clears throat> The problem they have is one of the things we mentioned yesterday is a con certificate of need where basically the hospital boards get together and they have to decide that there's a need for a new hospital. Well, gee, if you have Patriot doctors who want to start a COVID clinic, do you think they're going to allow that? No. So um, that is what needs to be done. The next thing, test and treat. Imagine if At all the testing centers and fusion centers from the monoclonals, they station doctors, nurse practitioners to prescribe for people. Okay, cheap off patent drugs that have shown to work. And then connected to that are family treatment packets. There should be a place for people to pick up a packet that has for them everything they need. So you don't have to put prescription stuff in it. I mean, ideally, hydroxy and ivermectin would be made over the counter, but I'm not even asking that they go that far. Just do the other things, which would enable doctors to prescribe. Pharmacists would have to fill, but at least other stuff. Put in a nebulizer, okay. Put in hydro uh, um, hydroperox- uh, hydrogen peroxide, three percent hydrogen peroxide. You put in the nebulizer if you think you're exposed or you just got it, it. Will kill everything in your nose, eyes, that whole and mouth, that whole system. Um, you know, it's at least as effective as the iodine stuff that we're talking about. Obviously, have a pulse oximeter, a supply of aspirin, all the vitamin supplements, things like NAC. I mean, we could talk about what to put in there, black seed oil, uh, curcumin, whatever. You know, different things we could decide on that. That's not the point. So make sure people have a full supply of that. Get forms of active D, calvicefiole, give people instructions and done. Number eight, stop the blank check for remdesivir. Okay? There's no reason we should be spending $3,000 in Medicaid funding or whatever else on something that is horrible. Another study recently came out, showed it, it doesn't work. And again, it likely causes more problems. Everyone seems to deteriorate after getting it. So that's what that. Um, ban all discrimination. Okay, we do this in every other context of law. Applies to HIV, right? No, no physician could discriminate against someone as HIV or a smoker or a drug consumer. So no hospital can treat anyone different based on their medical history whether they got vaccinated or not. Number 10, we need to investigate the vaccines. Every state legislature would hold hearings with some of our experts and talk about the waning efficacy, the scope of short-term and long-term side effects, the risk of leaky vaccine syndrome or antibody-dependent disease enhancement. Again, states are pumping in so much money to enabling the vaccines at this juncture when we already know there's so much wrong with it. We'd abolish all mandates, number 11, obviously abolishing all the mask mandates and um, vaccine mandates. And then finally, and, and obviously that would include criminalizing the enforcement of the federal mandate. As I've noted before, they should criminalize it, arrest any federal worker that comes into the state to enforce Biden's mandate. And another very important thing is making non-compete or non-contract clauses in physicians or pharmacist contracts illegal. Dr. Dan Stock made this point, and I got it from him, that one of the ways they get doctors to not treat COVID and not toe the line, and many pharmacists not to fill, is because they'll they threaten to fire them. And then not only are they fired, but pursuant to their non-compete clauses, they can't practice anywhere in their region. So if they have their base of operation, their customers in the area... They'll make it, you could practice 200 miles away. So that needs to be blocked. Every one of these things could easily be messaged in a very populist way, get a majority support. It doesn't even, you know, fall along right versus left lines, every single thing I just mentioned. But you show me where we have to turn to implement these ideas because I certainly can't find it. I certainly can't find it. unbelievable it's unbelievable that at this late stage republican legislatures refuse to invest investigate the vaccines you know I, i want you to listen to this i forgot to play this on last show but this was from last friday's fda the big eight hour fda meeting with their committee where they voted down the boosters which i think is just because they didn't want to give the impression that the vaccines aren't working which they're not so for now they just eased off of it but by the way, they're, it's not like they're blocking people from getting it. I can't tell you how many people I know that got the third shot. So you can't get ivermectin, but you can get an unapproved clot shot. But Dr. Doran Fink, I'm going to play a clip here, and I want you guys to listen to it. Dr. Doran Fink basically admits that the cost-benefit is not worth it in males under 40. Take a listen to Dr. Fink on the FDA call. Is it possible to say at what age uh, myocarditis seems to not become a problem, if I, to put you on the spot. <laughs> so, if, if, if you look at the, the healthcare claims data, you you see that the, there, there is uh, you know, evidence of, of some attributable risk um, at, uh, at all age groups, although the older you get, the the higher the risk for complications from COVID uh, that then offset the risk of myocarditis. So when you when you look at the at the balances uh, of, of risks versus benefits, we really start to see uh, a risk of, of myocarditis uh, 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 being higher is is in uh, males under the age of 40, and that's uh, what is uh, written in, Thank in the warning. Okay, I mean, that sounds to me like he is saying, he said, look, you have to look at the risk-benefit analysis, and if you're under 40, he's basically saying you're more likely to have cardiac problems from the shots, at least among males, among males, under 40 males, than from the virus. That that That's a big revelation. And again... These things don't happen in a vacuum. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of clotting. Oh, yeah, yeah, a bunch of women aren't getting their periods. Right, I mean, this is now breaking out. The Business Insider has a big article on that. I know tons of people that have told me that. And it's not something people usually would advertise. Oh, a number of people having midterm uh, miscarriages. A lot of brain fog. Neurological issues. That doesn't happen in a vacuum, folks. And we're only a half a year into this eight, nine months into this, whatever. Nothing to see. By the way, it's funny, today um, Pfizer came out on Monday with their announcement that they filed for approval for five to 11-year-olds to get the clot shots. And they're like, again, oh, it works, amazing, amazing. But then, this is from Stat News, Pfizer's press release did not include any data on the extent to which the vaccine reduced the chances that children would become sick. Gruber said that there were not enough cases of illness to tell. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> Unbelievable. So what they'll do is, so it's funny, they'll run studies on ivermectin with healthy people that didn't get sick and they'll say, hey, ivermectin didn't work because there's no um uh, difference between them and the control group. Then they'll do the same thing with uh, the clot shots where you know both no no one got sick in either group and they're like oh you see no one got sick this this thing has 100% of, uh, efficacy <laughs> you you got to love how these guys work if you can't cry you got to laugh you got to laugh but this is where we are with the vaccine it's crazy the expose.uk this is a UK website has some good information FDA experts have unexpectedly voted against approving, okay, the COVID shot, yada, yada. And they basically admitted that they're killing at least two people for every one life saved. Dr. Joseph Freeman, an emergency medical medicine physician in New Orleans, spoke for several minutes during the meeting and revealed that no clinical evidence, clinical evidence exists to disprove claims that the COVID-19 vaccines are harming more people than they save. Could you imagine that? He said, we, we can't rule out. He's like, we need your help on the front lines to stop vaccine hesitancy, demand the booster trials, you know, are large enough to find a reduction in hospitalizations. Without that data, we, the medical establishment, cannot com- confidently call out anti-COVID vaccine activists who publicly claim the vaccines harm more than they can save, especially in the young and healthy. Can you imagine? They're admitting on an eight-hour call the FDA advisory committee. They don't have the evidence to rebut us. Like, dude, you got to get it. We. Get- so, mind you, they're not afraid of the problem; they're afraid of the public. You would think they'd be scared, you know? Okay, we got to get to the bottom of this. No, Steve Stephen Kirsch, executive director of COVID nineteen Early Treatment Fund, who was on the committee. He revealed that COVID nineteen vaccines are killing more people than they're saving. So he had a slideshow he put up. Um. Fair shows heart attacks happen 71 times more often following these vaccines compared to any other vaccine. He continues his presentation by showing a slide, excess death, life ratio is unacceptable. The slide shows how many excess deaths were required following vaccination to save one life due to COVID-19. Okay? And that's an important thing because what, it, what, what appears to be with this vaccine is that the people that were bound to get a very severe case of it It doesn't help for that. That's the problem. So it's like, well, yeah, I mean, across the board, there might be some amelioration for some people temporarily after all the side effects. But how many lives, how many shots do you actually need to save a life? And his point is, even if they're 100 percent protective, it means we kill two people to save one life. Four experts did analysis using completely different non U.S. data sources And all of them came up with approximately the same number of excess vaccine-related deaths, about 411 deaths per million doses. That translates into about 115,000 people that we believe to have died from this. And there are serious concerns from Israel. The real numbers confirm that we kill more than we save. I would love to look at the Israeli Ministry of Health data on the 90-year-old's where we went from a 94.4% vaccinated group to 82.9% vaccinated in just four months. In the most optimistic look, it means that 50% of vaccinated people died and 0% of unvaccinated people died. Unless you can explain that to the public, you cannot approve the boosters. Very interesting point. So what's happening is both the shot and the virus is killing off people that are in their 90s and 80s. Right? And they're be like, oh, they're going to die anyway. But the excess deaths don't make sense. Literally, even with the boosters, the number of the percent of vaccinated 90 plus year olds went from 95% to 83%. They didn't get unvaccinated. And you didn't have a bunch of 89-year-olds that turned 90 and moved into that cohort that happened not to be vaccinated. I mean, that that makes no sense. A lot of them are just dying. We saw this from the Norwegian study early on. Um, the German pathology study. Again, we're focusing a lot on the younger people, but the people in their 80s and 90s, we don't even pay attention to. And then they're also the people that even the pro-vaccine people admit for whom the vaccine works the least in terms of COVID. So they get COVID, and of course we don't treat it right away when we should. Again, very important thing. You take an 85-year-old frail person To Dr. Tyson on day one of symptoms, they won't have a problem with this virus. But instead, they follow a very special protocol. I call it the Code Blue Protocol. Stay home until your lips turn blue. Truly, truly demonic. Our final sponsor today is our friends at Patriot Academy, ConstitutionCoach.com. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys on our next front sight trip for the defensive handgun class given by Patriot Academy, courtesy of front Sight training in Pahrump, Nevada. Um, you are missing a blast of meeting all the Patriots in this audience, other Patriots around the country. We study the constitution at night during the day. There are two day and four day course options. I recommend the four day defensive handgun. You will learn how to draw properly, draw from the holster Take proper chest shots, headshots, clear malfunctions. It is so much fun. It's 90% off front-size training, so their $2,000 course, the four-day, is $150. If you do it through ConstitutionCoach.com, you could see the dates coming up in October, November, and December. That's really the best time to go. Not too hot, not too cold. Beautiful weather there out in the Nevada desert. Really looking forward to seeing you all October 31st. I hope I could go... For either the November or December one, but I can't promise yet. But you could still catch me on the one beginning on October 31st. Again, go to ConstitutionCoach.com for more details. Now, I just want to get back to some of the other stuff we've been talking about with the vaccine and the lack of GOP. Counter-pressure, counter-narrative, investigating all of this insanity you know, a lot of these people are saying, "Well, you know, you're doing all these crazy things. You're doing the betadine, You're doing the monoclonals. You're doing ivermectin. You know, all this stuff. You know, why don't you just get the vaccine?" Well, the difference is none of that other stuff, kind of like, does you know, for example, people not getting their periods. Um, this is someone who wrote an article in the UK Guardian. This woman, Arwa Madawi. Who says it's no big deal if the COVID vaccine temporarily disrupts menstrual cycles? Um, you know, it's about bloody time health experts listen to women. Could the COVID 19 vaccine have a short term impact on your menstrual cycle? Thousands of women think so. Ever since the vaccines became widely available, people who menstruate have been sharing stories about weird changes in their cycle. More than thirty thousand reports of post-vaccine menstrual irregularity have been made to the UK's medical regulator alone, and the US researchers uh, Kate Clancy and Catherine Lee have collected more than one hundred forty thousand reports. And by the way, you know, you know, most women aren't reporting that. Um, I know a few just in my sphere of, uh, you know, just people I know, Um, and this is not something people will talk about regularly. For the most part, these concerns have been brushed off by health experts. Nothing to see here. The message basically was, periods are often irregular. Now, however, the medical establishment is finally admitting that maybe all those women weren't just making things up after all. This week, the British Medical Journal published a report by Dr. Victoria Mail, a lecturer in reproductive immunology at Imperial College of London, noting that a link between the vaccine and menstrual changes was plausible and should be investigated. Gee, you think so? Um... Again, I know several women that have yet to get a period at all after um, having gotten the shot. So <laughs> that doesn't just happen, okay? Um, and of course, she has to say, let's be very clear overwhelming evidence shows they're safe and effective. See, you all, in order to get it published in The Guardian, she had to write all these disclaimers and everything. But yeah, you know, you a thousand people just don't get their periods. Yeah, nothing to see here. Oh, and it's definitely short term. Definitely short term. Yeah, nothing long term. Nothing to do with the spike protein depositing in the ovaries. No, 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 no. Um, But there, there you go. And it's funny, like, you read her article, and it's all about building trust in the vaccine. It's like, you know, you really shouldn't, be denying that this is killing people and everything and changing menstrual cycles, and we don't know anything about it because it makes people more reluctant to get it. Well, maybe we ought to actually investigate it for its own freaking sake. And maybe we ought to pursue things that don't do that to you. But we have nobody even pursuing that narrative here. You know, it was funny. I got an email from an ER doctor... Today. And you can imagine you're an ER doctor for the last 18 months. It's pretty hard not to get the virus, but he never got it. Now, like so many others, being left without options because it's not a matter of, oh, there will be a mandate. The mandate has already been there, and Republicans have done nothing. So Thousands of people are needlessly getting this shot, destroying their lives. God knows what it's going to do to them long term. So he went and got the shot. Guess what? Now he got the virus. Because as we talked about, that period of transition is the most vulnerable. And that's counted as an unvaccinated case. But again, nothing nothing to see there. Suppressing your T cells, nothing to see there. You know the sick irony, um, Ryan Cole is sure of it, that certainly thus far, unless the TCD8 cells magically come back, this suppresses the cells that are needed to combat cancer. Do you know the the twisted irony here is that ivermectin itself is likely a very strong anti-cancer agent. This is from May 5th, 2021, just a couple months ago published in the oncology times okay use of antiparasitic drug ivermectin to treat breast cancer um and they talk about all the different types of treatments that there are our team wanted to uncover new therapeutic combinations that could treat tnbc that's triple negative breast cancer and provide more treatment options to these patients. Immune checkpoint inhibitor therapy has emerged as a revolutionary approach that harnesses a patient's own immune system to treat cancer. So think about that. The relationship between your immune system, and think viruses, and cancer. Um, So until now, they haven't had too much... uh, Success. Recent studies suggest that efficacy of checkpoint inhibitors is primarily limited to cancers already infiltrated by T-cells, often termed hot tumors. In contrast, cold tumors have little to no T-cell infiltration, generally do not respond to ICI therapy. Okay, that makes sense. As such, there is considerable need to identify drugs capable of priming breast tumors, turning cold tumors hot, to synergize with checkpoint blockade. A recently described phenomenon termed immunologic cell death, ICD, is a form of cell death that stimulates the host immune system. We reason that an agent that induces ICD of cancer cells without suppressing immune function would be ideal for combination with ICI therapy. Seeking such an agent among FDA-approved drugs, our group found that ivermectin, an antiparasitic drug used worldwide since 1975, to treat close to 1 billion people primarily for river blindness and other parasitic infections promotes ICD in breast cancer cells. Among our other findings was evidence that ivermectin modulates the P2X4, P2X7 um, purinergic uh, pathway, suggesting that ivermectin may further harness tumor's intrinsic high extracellular levels of ATP for anti-cancer activity these promising in vitro results prompted us to move forward to an in vivo studies used in common animals so they went to from in vitro they went to animal models in this model breast tumors are cold indicating little or no infiltrating t-cells ivermectin treatment led to robust t-cell infiltration turning cold tumors into hot tumors with cancer cells showing markers of icd in vivo This suggests that ivermectin could synergize with ICI therapy. Immune checkpoint inhibitors block the PD-1 protein, which acts as a break on T-cells, thus helping the immune system do what it is designed to do, eradicate cancer. Think about this. Our findings on this novel therapeutic combination published recently in NPJ Breast Cancer Journal. This is the first time a research team has demonstrated that checkpoint inhibitors can be used to successfully treat breast cancer, when combined with ivermectin, an inexpensive existing safe drug. So first off, just off the bat, look at how other promising research always works. They don't say, oh, that's used for you know one thing. We can't use it for another thing. That's nonsense. You look at its mechanism of action, and it doesn't take a genius to see that this has broad-spectrum antiviral qualities that really prevent bad stuff from entering your cells. And it really activates the T-cells to work against it. You need that for cancer, you need it for viruses. On a basic level, it's not hard to understand. Listen to this. In these studies, 40 to 60%, 40 to 60% of animals treated with the ivermectin plus anti-PD-1 antibody combination completely eradicated their tumors. They were able to fight off the cancer again even after it was reintroduced it's the two drugs working together that is the magic. Look at the type of research that's being done and, and being suppressed by big pharma. And again, we know that even drugs that sometimes work a little bit against cancer, they're, they're, they make a person sick like anything. You take ivermectin, you won't even notice it. Unbelievable. So, you know, there is very, very promising research that needs to be pursued on ivermectin and, and other things as well um, when it comes to cancer. So there we are. Unbelievable. Very, very important study here. Again, you could find it on Oncology Times, Use of the Antiparasitic Drug Ivermectin to Treat Breast Cancer. And folks, there's so many other promising drugs. We talked about nitazoxinide, another similar antiparasitic that has long already been approved in Brazil as an antiviral, works even better for antiviral. University of Liverpool led Agile study suggests promise of nitazoxinide for COVID-19. University of Liverpool, this is from Trial Site News. In the UK, they led an agile platform master protocol known as the Agile Trial Phase 1 study evaluating a range of potential therapies, including nidazoxinide, and FDA-approved antiparasitic medicine. Um, and Basically, this is University of Liverpool, collaborators at University of Southampton, and the University of Cambridge led the study. And they found really good results. Um, Back in April, Roark reported on the study results declaring that in regards to primary endpoint, median time to sustain recovery, the study drug performed uh, correctly. Comparably to the placebo group, however, in the predefined subgroup of patients with mild disease, the median time to sustain response was reduced by 3.1 days. In regards to the secondary endpoint, this, this study drug was associated with an 85% reduction in the progression to severe illness, a.k.a. shortness of breath. That's the big one, the dropping of the SATs. You want you know, you know get fever, you feel sick, you get chills. We, we We live with that. What you don't want is their SATs dropping. 85% as com- reduction as compared to the placebo group. Unbelievable. The government could churn this out off patent, but now it's so unavailable, it's, it's a fortune. So even if you can get a doctor to, pres- to prescribe, it's so hard to find it. It doesn't have to be that way. I just want you to know for all of time, It didn't have to be this way. Republicans have control of half the states. They could have pushed this stuff legally, scientifically, financially, with all the billions of dollars they got. They failed to do it because the Republican Party is a controlled opposition. Folks, that's pretty much all for today. Again, send the show to 50 of your friends and relatives. I will be out. I know, I know. I've been out in the middle of the week. Again next week as well and then i'll be back on regular schedule um we'll be back here thursday same time same place till then stay armed stay informed and god God bless y'all